0: This is a TDSN bonus episode.
1: My guest at this time is Mr. Blake Byler, the sports editor for the Crimson White, a, a University of Alabama student and a good friend of mine, who which I met this year actually when I covered a lot of Alabama games during the time. I also call him the. I call it's not hard to it's not hard to miss him if you find a dude with very large red hair. That's Blake. <laughs> that is Blake. Blake, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jalen. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Matt. You've had a bit. you had a busy week last week, and you're about to have an even bigger, um, busier week. Good news is, you only got to take a, a 48 minute drive instead of a three hour drive. Uh, Blake Byler again, sports editor, uh, sports editor of the Crimson White. He covers the Alabama Crimson Tide in basketball. He's done that all season long very well. Might I add, you can find his articles on si.com. So Blake, let's get right into it because you was able to bless us with your presence real quick Alabama was very, uh, was dominant and I do mean dominant mm-hmm. against Texas A&M last Sunday selection Sunday uh going into March Madness they dominated Texas A&M beating them by 19 uh, I believe 70 I believe it was uh 70 uh, was it
0: 73-49 That was the Mississippi State game. I think it was uh 80 82-63 82-63 that was right. Yeah. I at the end of the day Alabama dominated
1: um um Brandon Miller was sensational you think about what this team has been through throughout the season, um, with all the controversy, losing on uh, Darius, losing Darius Miles with the whole with the, with the the tragic, uh, the tragic incident with, um, with Jamia Harris and how the news broke out about like with Brandon Miller and his um, involvement with that one, nothing was barely charged. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the game itself, but just like how Alabama has been able to overcome so much controversy with this team. And it looked like and for a moment in the season that they were about to uh, almost have a mental set, man, like having a mental setback, those, uh, the, the last three games before the in like the SEC tournament start. So I want to get to you real quick. Uh, what was the energy like on Sunday uh, against AM?
0: I mean, the energy in the building was incredible. I mean, it felt like Coleman Coliseum was there in Bridgestone Arena. And uh, after the Missouri game on Saturday, Nate Oates uh, made a, a call for uh, Alabama fans to drive up to Nashville uh, on Sunday for the game, and they answered that call. Um, it was probably – 80 85% Alabama fans there it definitely helped that uh teams like Kentucky and Tennessee that usually pack out Bridgestone Arena when the uh, SEC tournament's in Nashville it helped that they were bounced earlier on Saturday a lot of Bama fans were able to buy up those tickets cuz Kentucky fans usually buy tickets all the way in advance um so the fact that they were able to buy all those up uh make the crowd very pro Alabama it it genuinely did feel like a home game uh which made it a really fun atmosphere especially Uh, In the second half, when Alabama went on that super late run, uh, all those three started falling. Brandon Miller had that uh, exclamation point dunk going down the lane to put Alabama up by like 20 or 22, whatever it was. Um, Just a really, really fun atmosphere, an electric crowd. Um, And it honestly makes me really excited to see what Birmingham is going to look like this weekend, because uh, Alabama getting the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, uh, ending up with uh, Birmingham as their regional for this weekend Uh, there are going to be tons of Alabama fans there as well. And so that's going to be very fun uh, to see after seeing so many Alabama fans travel up to Nashville uh, to see them pack out legacy like they did for the CM Newton Classic back in December against uh, Gonzaga. It's going to be a really fun atmosphere uh, this weekend in Birmingham. Uh, I'm glad you
1: brought that up because I actually wanted to go back to that game. Um, we did see Gonzaga in Birmingham where it was a pack house. It felt like another part of Coleman was taking over with all the Bama fans in there. Auburn will be there as well, along with Houston, just the other part of the bracket. Uh, uh, take me back to that game. Um, not just with the fans, but also with the team. Where do you, where do
0: you see, what was this team at at that time compared to where they are now? Well, I think that was one of Alabama's probably worst defensive games of the season. Uh, and I, I mean, they gave up a hundred points. I think the final score of that game was hundred to 90. Yeah. Um, G- Gonzaga kind of got whatever they wanted using high ball screens, getting downhill. Uh, they had an incredible day shooting the basketball. I think they shot over 50% from three. Um, so uh, Drew Timmy had his way down low. I think one of the biggest differences between that game and this game is how much Charles Betty has improved as a rim protector. Um, over the course of the season, you've seen him uh, grow in his ability to contest shots going straight up without fouling, where he would be in foul trouble a lot last season and even early this season, uh, just swatting at the ball, kind of being undisciplined, uh, leaving his feet, things like that. Uh, But I think now he's become, honestly, one of the premier rim protectors in not only the SEC, but in all of college basketball. And you could see that with his performance this weekend in Nashville. I mean, he had five blocks against uh, Mississippi State. He had five blocks against Texas A&M. Uh, He had one block, I think, against Missouri, so that's 11 blocks over three games uh, in three days for uh, a seven-footer who used to not even be able to play more than 15, 17 minutes a game just because of uh, his own conditioning, things of that nature. But uh, he put on weight in the offseason. He started to be able to carry that frame uh, a lot better. He's been a true anchor for this Alabama defense, which was uh, something that was major for them in Nashville. Uh, I thought their defense was the most impressive thing about them uh, holding all three teams in that they played in the tournament under 70 points. Uh, and Charles Bediako was a huge part of that. Even Nate Oates said uh, after the game yesterday that Charles Bediaco was um, – that was the best game he had played in an Alabama uniform. Uh, and I totally agree with that with the way he played. Um, so I think his improvement has been one of the major things that I've seen from that uh, game against Gonzaga back in December. Um, a couple other things. I think uh, Javon Quinterly is the major other thing is that he – um, I don't even think he played much at all in that game. And if he did, he wasn't very good. And we know his he,
1: first game back was against South Alabama. He only had four minutes in that game.
0: Yes, and then uh, so a lot early in the season we saw that he struggled um to kind of get going, get his feet under him, still adjusting to the speed. Uh, even Oates said that he came back whenever he came back, he wasn't truly a hundred percent. Um, so now that we've seen him. And he's playing like March JQ, as they like to call him. Um, That's just another guard that Alabama can use, another scoring option, uh, another somebody that can take some of the scoring pressure off Brandon Miller. Um, He's just a spark that this team has used. Uh, Oates has put him in the starting lineup now, Um, whereas I think in that Gonzaga game it was Jaden Bradley that was starting uh, in that spot. And so to combat the slow starts that we saw the last couple weeks, Oates inserted JQ in the starting lineup, and he's been great. Uh, Alabama had a lightning fast start against Texas A&M. So I think the rim protection inside and the emergence of Quinterly are some of the things uh, that have emerged uh, and been big improvements from that team a couple months ago that we saw play in Birmingham.
1: I mean again I am here with Mr. Blake Byler, the sports editor for the Crimson White. You can find his work on SI.com as well as as well as being one of three hosts of the Blue Collar Unplugged podcast. I listened to your recent episode. Can't wait for the one. I can't wait for the celebration episode that you're gonna have to get ready for March Madness. Um Let's get into let's get into March Madness. So Alabama won SEC tournament both regular season and tournament championship. They claim the number one overall seed in the, this year's NCAA tournament that will be in Birmingham on Thursday against the winner of I think it was South I think it was Southeast um was it was Southeast Missouri State Southeast Missouri Southeast yes. Missouri and, then, uh... and, and and Texas A and M CC yes. Yeah. So they will face the win of that, but they will and they will play the winner of that on Thursday at one forty five PM Central Time, coming this uh, whenever this comes out on our episode of Tudos Sports News.com. But let's get into the tournament. So Alabama's the number one overall seed. When you look at the South you when you look at the South region, you have Alabama, you got Maryland, West Virginia, you got San Diego State, Virginia, um, University of Virginia, Creighton uh controversial nc state getting in over rutgers that's been talked about on a lot of uh, Mm -hmm. networks baylor um santa uh, santa barbara missouri sec opponent utah state and arizona and princeton so with all that in the south region a lot of people are speculating a lot of people think this is actually the easiest um road to the final four for a one seed out of all the one seeds in the tournament one seeds being Alabama, Houston, Purdue and Kansas. Yes. Yeah. So like Yeah, that's right. So with all with all that being said, um do you see anything getting in the way of Alabama getting to the final four and getting and getting out of the, uh, the south region and getting to the final four?
0: Well, I have the bracket pulled up right here. I think this is a very favorable, um, region for Alabama. Um, I think that their, their first round game, I mean, we've only seen a 16 seed beat a one, one time ever. Um, and that was UMBC beating Virginia a couple years ago. So I think it's pretty safe to chalk, uh, Alabama up as a winner in, in that game. I mean, Southeast Missouri state was the five seed in the Ohio Valley. Uh, and then Corpus Christi. Um, I, I'll credit uh, Andrew Parrish on Twitter with this. He uh, actually realized that Texas a average height is six foot three. Um, so a very, very small opponent. If that ends up being Alabama's, because you know, they roll out three, six, nine dudes in their front court. Um, so that, that game, I'm sure Alabama is going to take care of no problem. Uh, you look at their potential second round game, Maryland and West Virginia are two pretty decent teams. I mean, we saw West Virginia beat, uh Auburn earlier this year and the SEC Big 12 challenge. They play in the Big 12, which I think is the best conference of college basketball. Uh Maryland has some good wins in the Big Ten, uh, another very good conference. And so that's gonna be um a tight battle, which I think is actually the first round of 64 game of the tournament um on Thursday morning uh in Birmingham. And so um if I was an out Al- like if if Alabama was playing the winner of that game not in Birmingham, I think it could be a little closer. Uh, but just the fact that Alabama is going to get that home crowd feel uh, of playing in Birmingham, I think that's going to help them out way more um, than it would if they were playing this game in, like, Iowa or Greensboro or something like that. Um, looking down later, Alabama's potential Sweet 16 uh, games – San Diego State and Virginia are interesting. Virginia and Alabama, if they ended up playing in the Sweet 16, would be a complete clash of like basketball ideals, if you will. Because Virginia, you have a really slow pace offense. Uh, they they also love to defend like Alabama does. NATO's teams uh love to be able to guard, but Virginia plays a very slow style of basketball, shoot a lot of mid-range shots, whereas Alabama is very Rim and three centric. Uh so that game would be Very interesting because Virginia, you have games where they score in the 50s and still win. Uh, And that's kind of been their style since Tony Bennett has gotten there. And I mean, it's worked. They've won a national championship off of it. Um, But to see those two teams play and those two uh, clash of ideologies, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, San Diego State, the interesting thing there is I was surprised that Creighton was seeded lower than San Diego State. Um, I probably would have had... Creighton is a five seed and San Diego state is a six seed where, but I do uh, acknowledge that San Diego state was a very good team in the mountain West conference. I think they won the mountain West tournament, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, I think Creighton would have been a much tougher and scarier game for Alabama just because of their offensive firepower that they have with guys. They can like shoot, shoot really good. Yeah. They shoot the ball. Uh, Baylor Shireman who Alabama fans will remember from playing. Uh, he played at South Dakota state last year. Uh, left-handed shooter. Yeah. Yeah, he um he ended up transferring to Creighton, one of their best scorers. So, um what is he bro? Six, could, what is he Well, 6364? 64, yeah, somewhere uh-huh. around there I think. Um but he he would have been a challenge. Uh but th- they could still end up playing uh each other. The thing, I think Alabama has a a pretty clear path to the Elite 8. Um which would be their second Elite 8 in program history. Um, but the bottom of the South is where I think it gets really interesting.
1: You look at teams like Creighton, and Baylor, uh, Arizona, Utah State, possibly Missouri. Mm-hmm. If, if Utah yeah. gets past Missouri, um, we'll get into the other SEC teams in a minute. I want to I want to go back to the championship game. So a lot of things that we've seen from Alabama during this road is has been a, um where where Alabama's a very deep team. They can go eight bodies. They could go nine. Last, uh, yesterday, we're outside of the starting five. I think you saw, uh, you saw Jaden. You saw Ryland, you saw Nick, and you saw Noah. So you had four bodies come out like yep. a regular nine-man rotation. You didn't see mm-hmm. Namari Burnett nor Don Welch. And I understand Don Welch was dealing with a tailbow injury, so I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't play him because of rest or anything. But you didn't see Namari. Uh, what uh, did Nate Oates ever talk about that during the presser? Did anybody interview him on that? What was like? What was some of the reasons why Namari didn't touch the floor?
0: Yeah, Nate Oates didn't say anything. Uh, specifically about it, and no one that I've talked to has said anything about it. Just pure speculation on my part. He, I would think he may be dealing with some sort of injury, um, something minor. Because I mean, from uh, the jump, it looks like even when Nate Oates was emptying the bench um, at the end of the game, like he kind of knew he wasn't going to go in. Um, like he, w- his direction wasn't looked to. Um, and so I, I don't know if that means that he is dealing with a minor injury and, and Oates wanted to hold him out or if there's something else going on. Um, but to my not, like, I don't know anything concrete. Um, but that's just all. That's just all speculation. We'll see if he ends up playing on, on Thursday.
1: Going along with that, knowing how deep Alabama is, and we've seen this team at their best, and we've seen them at their worst, and they still find ways to win. Given all of that, you look at moments where if – Noah Clowney is in foul trouble. And then you got and then you got a, a veteran guy like no I know come in. He be able to uh, he'll be able to fill it out. If Brandon Miller gets in foul trouble, you got Ryland Griffin that can step up and play the 3. You got Namari coming off the bench. You got Dom Welch. Um how important do you feel like the depth of Alabama's team, knowing the talent level, is going to be key for when we um, for when Alabama goes into the tournament?
0: Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's one of the reasons that Alabama is as good as they are. Um, Like I said earlier, talking about the defense, is Nate Oates prides himself and his teams on being good defensive teams, and his best teams have been good defensive teams, like this year, uh, and the 2021 team with Herb Jones were both uh, ranked third in defensive efficiency uh, in the whole country. And so uh, a lot of that can be attributed to the depth, because Oates has the ability where if somebody's not guarding and they're not playing hard, he can pull them in favor of somebody else. Uh, And also uh, the depth that Alabama has specifically at like the guard position is incredible. I mean, the fact that you've been able to substitute Jaden Bradley, a five-star point guard uh, who's been one of the best distributors on the team uh, plays really hard guards, really well can finish really well around the basket. You can move him to the bench in favor of Javon Quinterly, who's a former sec tournament MVP and Quinterly can be one that goes for 20 points. Uh, And then you have Mark Sears waiting in the wings who uh, has been a great, he's been great, whether he's playing uh, on the ball, or he's playing an off ball kind of combo guard thing. Uh, He was Alabama's leading scorer on the season or second leading scorer on the season, excuse me. Um, And he didn't even play very well in the SEC tournament at all. I mean, he, I think was in single digit scoring every game. uh, And it didn't even matter. Um, Alabama was still able to get wins in all three of those games. So uh, the guard depth has been great. really good. And then you have like guys like Rylan Griffin who can come off the bench and hit threes. Namari Burnett, when he's played, has been able to come off the bench, hit threes, play solid defense. Uh, And Nick Pringle has given solid minutes off the bench as well. His uh, defense, I feel has improved around the rim. Uh, So whenever he needs to spell Betty and he's either in foul trouble or uh, needs a rest, he's been able to do that. And uh, Noah Gurley, to finish off with him, I mean, he has embraced kind of the role that, Alex Reese, I feel, embraced in 2021, where he's a guy who uh, played a lot more minutes uh, earlier in his career. Alex Reese played more minutes, probably as a junior at Alabama, uh, whereas Noah Gurley was a starter and an all-conference player uh, when he was at Furman. But over the course of this year, uh, his uh, playing time has diminished a little bit. Um, He had a couple DMPs towards the end of the season, didn't even play in a couple games um, but same with Reese and Gurley, their attitudes never changed and they stayed, uh, to be consistent leaders in the locker room, uh, leaders for some of the younger guys. Cause this is still a younger Alabama team. Uh, and they're, they're both ready when their number was called. And like in the sec tournament, when, uh, Gurley needed to come off the bench against Mississippi state, he hit three threes. Uh, and then he had five points, I think against Missouri he played really good minutes against Texas A&M. And so that's just, uh, really the kind of guy you want to have in your locker room is a guy who. Uh, Is always a leader. He's not affected by how much playing time he gets. He's always going to give 100 percent. And even when he gets his number called, he's able to go out there and contribute. And So um, all those guys make up tremendous depth for uh, a team where the starting five is already incredible. You had uh, I think everyone on the starting five got an award from the SEC. Um, So a huge, uh, really talented starting five plus a bench full of guys that know their role makes a really dangerous team.
1: I'm with Blake. Black, I'm with Blake Byler of the um, sports editor for the Crimson White. Again, you can find his work on si.com. The SEC has eight teams in the NCAA tournament this year. Outside of Alabama, who's the number one overall seed in the South region? They will all the Missouri is in the South. You have on uh, you have Tennessee and Kentucky. They're in the Eastern region. You have Texas A&M and Auburn in the Midwest. If you want to if you want to consider Mississippi State in the Midwest as well, they have to beat Pitt on Tuesday for the first four. That'll consider another team that's going to be in the West. That's in the SEC and in the Western in the Western region, you have uh, you have Arkansas and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You have Arkansas. Those fit out the eight teams in the SEC. So I want to play a little game. I call it. Do, uh, I'll call it. Will they go far or will they stop short? So give me. Uh, so what te- which team is going now. I'm assuming you got Alabama in your final four. I do. Okay, so excluding Alabama, out of the seven remaining teams in the SEC, who do you see can go far?
0: I think a lot of them can go far, and I think a lot of them have some favorable matchups. I actually have both uh, Missouri and Kentucky in my Sweet 16. Okay. Uh, Now, some of those are – I have both of them uh, winning some upset games. I have Kentucky beating – Kansas State in the round of 32. That's going to be a good game. I I think that would be an incredible game. Either team could win that one. Um, I think Kentucky can get it done. Um, And then I have Missouri upsetting Arizona in the round of 32 as well uh, in that seven versus two game. And some people have Utah State over Missouri, uh, which honestly I could see. Uh, Utah State. I got them. In two, I got them.
1: In, I got Utah State winning in about two brackets. I still got five more. I still got five yeah. more brackets to do. I got. I got Utah State.
0: I like Utah State a lot. I think with Missouri, I really liked the way they played uh, in Nashville. I thought they uh, got a really solid win over Tennessee, a Tennessee team that a lot of people thought. Well, Missouri was the four seed. Tennessee was the five. You had Tennessee ahead in a lot of the polls. Tennessee's at the top of a lot of the metrics. But they Man. ain't got
1: Ziegler no more. And that's what like that's what's making me. That's true. That's what's making me knock them down. Uh, that's you very look, true. When you look at Missouri, they're a really good shooting team. And Coach uh, Coach mm-hmm. Dennis Gates, who I felt like should have been coach of the year, in my I opinion. Agree. Um, they can shoot the ball really well. But the things that I see him if Kobe Brown is in foul trouble, that take that hits hard and like in the NCAA tournament, there's a lot of things that you got to be able to prepare for. You have that and you have to have contingency plans for, but I think when they were hitting a lot of like BS type shots, like that on like into the half corner turnaround on like turnaround three, which I still can't believe it went in. That's, oh, the type of, that's the type of stuff that like will give me a lot of um confidence in Missouri because, okay, if you can hit shots like that in this type of tournament, I should expect you to be able to hit something close to that when it comes to the NCAA tournament. And that's pretty
0: much how it's going to go. Yeah, that's why I think they're dangerous is because they they have a knack for hitting really covered three pointers. And like, I don't know um, of like the statistics to back that up. But when you watch them play, they make difficult shots and they have a lot of guys that can make shots like Des Moy Hodge. Really good shooter, really good scorer. He actually ended up on the SEC all tournament team. Yep. Um. I think he put 20 on Alabama and he put 20 on Tennessee, two really good defenses. Um. You have uh, Noah Carter can shoot the ball really well. You have Kobe Brown who can obviously score uh, inside and can shoot. Uh, and Kobe Brown was obviously – he was not good against Alabama. He was matched up with Noah Clowney, and Clowney came to play that day. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I think if, if Kobe Brown gets going, uh, it's going to be tough to beat this Missouri team. They have a lot of guys that can score uh that number 10 his name is
1: yeah uh, I know who you're talking about I forgot his name as well
0: Nick Honor that's his name got it uh Nick Honor is a good shooter and so they just they they play very high uh up-tempo offense a lot like uh, a Nate Oates team does and teams like that can be really dangerous uh in a tournament setting in a one-and-done tournament setting because they get hot you're really out of luck and uh
1: but going along with that, you see Missouri going far, you have uh who else who was you have Kentucky going far. I, I have actually, Kentucky. I got I actually got Kentucky losing to on um, Providence and one of my on one of my like I can see it because they've been too, I can see it. too in, inconsistent. But I want to go to Arkansas real quick. Mm. Kentucky and Arkansas to me are the two teams that I can see get bounced out in the first round. With Kentucky it's more so consistency, which team am I going to get and because you saw what happened against Vanderbilt, possibly another team that should have got uh, should have got into the NCAA tournament, but you know when you get creamed like against Tess and them, you don't get that much sympathy. Um, but like going with Arkansas, how many times have we seen Arkansas have a big lead against somebody and then they later on blow it?
0: Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like take it, take it away from there. Those are my those are my two teams that I got. Those, those are my two SEC teams that I think get bounced out early, and I'm throwing Tennessee in there as well. They ain't got Ziegler.
0: They're not going far.
1: And I think I know I know Louisiana. They can shoot and they got
0: size. I feel the same way about Tennessee. I don't think they make it past. I think their ceilings round of 32. Um, they've lose to either Or Roberts or Duke. I fully totally believe that. I don't trust Tennessee without Ziegler. Uh, but as far as uh, Arkansas goes the, in the SEC tournament they had a 15 point lead on Auburn blew it had to make uh Nick Smith had to hit a game essentially a game winning shot um and then day 2 that they were playing they had a big lead on Texas A&M playing great in the first half yeah, led, by, blew it again. led by
1: as much as 12 i believe
0: yeah 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 led by 12 ended up losing the game by however much it ended up being i think yeah. it was like 7 or 8 um so they they have the talent to make it to Sweet 16, Elite 8. Their draw isn't very easy, though. Um, they've got – I think it's Illinois. I'm checking my bracket here. Uh, yeah. They're going Illinois. The it's an eight, nine. 8-9. Eight, nine game. And then if they win that, they're going to get Kansas. And I just – I just don't know. That's a fun game.
1: That's a fun one because I'm thinking, like, Arkansas can match up with them. Talent-wise, they got – they got – I mean, Look,
0: Arkansas can match up with nearly anybody.
1: That, that is true. <laughs> that is true. But, like, we just – like, we've seen bits and pieces of Nick Smith, and he and he is going to be a lottery pick in next year's draft. We understand that. But we haven't seen him, like, actually put in, on a show where, okay, Arkansas is going to win because of him. we seen bits and pieces, right. of it, but it was never definitive. Uh, real, real quick. So, you gave me that. Who is in your final four?
0: I have – Alabama out of the uh south. the South out of the East I have Marquette okay out of the Midwest I have Texas okay and out of the West I have Gonzaga got
1: it uh I actually do get Gonzaga in there uh Gonzaga and Yukon
0: That's Gonzaga Yukon Kansas all oh, right there for me That's all right there.
1: You talking like I'm thinking, ooh, or like you do go or or like that like that big man from UConn versus Drew Sinoga. Timmy?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that'd be a great game, bro. But uh, here's,
0: I think I got Memphis beating Purdue. I think I, I got do. Memphis beating Purdue because That's that started. I think that's become a popular one from people I've talked because to. of Davis. Yeah, absolutely, and because I don't, I don't trust Purdue's guard play. No, I don't. I don't to, it, to it, get him far. It drew, like, it, like fantastic. Edie ain't
1: eating
0: exactly, and the way the way Memphis uh, uh, dominated Houston in, in the American Championship game. Now they didn't I mean, have the Sasser playing ball right now, but they did dominate. Didn't have Sasser. Didn't have Sasser. But I mean, the, Kendrick Davis can. I mean, Bama fans you put saw up Kendrick Davis almost single handedly beat Alabama in Coleman. He had 33 in that game. Right. You He's incredible. Bro, Elijah McCadden, that's my,
1: bro, that's my brother right there. Like, heck of a defender and athlete. But they got they, look, Penny Hardaway's done a tremendous job with Memphis. Um, let me ask you this. What's your who's what,
0: what's your biggest upset? My biggest upset? Yeah. Uh I have I have two, I actually have two 13s. Okay. I have uh I have Furman over Virginia. I can see that. I gotta go back and look at the film. I can see that and i have kent state over indiana
1: i never watched kent state what am i missing
0: from them they uh they can shoot a little bit okay. it, their resume is really interesting they only lost by one or two points to houston not bad not bad i need yeah, to go they that. they played they played houston really tough um if i pull up their schedule real quick um i think the the other thing with uh with Indiana is Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino are absolutely incredible. Not to mention um, that but, Indiana got a,
1: Mike look, Mike Wilson is a
0: terrific coach. Right, absolutely. They've just been too inconsistent lately for me.
1: That that's the, that's they, always been like they,
0: they Didn't, go they, out didn't make they just get killed by him Iowa? Him. Right. They they lost to they lost to Penn State in the uh in the Big 10 semis that yeah. um uh, which Penn State's an okay team but they're not I don't think they're anything special. Do you got um, Penn
1: State winning the first round though? I forgot who they're playing. I
0: have them I have them out to Texas A&M in the first round.
1: Okay. Uh I good game though. Do you see any scenario god forbid uh because I still don't know how they got in the tournament. Uh do you see any scenario where Iowa loses to that other school in Alabama?
0: I could see I think Auburn wins first round because of the the home court they're gonna get in Birmingham. Uh the committee really did did Houston wrong with that one. Get, make, making them play a nine seed that basically gets a home game. Um I that it's gonna be a good game. Um Iowa's offense is fun. Um Chris Murray's fun. I think uh I think Auburn wins it in a close one. I think the line is a pick 'em right now. Um and then that sets up a Houston Auburn second-round matchup, and I think that would be pretty entertaining.
1: Lastly, with your final four, you have Alabama, you have Texas. Who's in the championship and who's winning?
0: I have Alabama and Gonzaga in the championship in a rematch of that game that we were talking about earlier. Um, And I do have Alabama winning the national championship. I think – I just think their path from the south uh, sets up really well for them to get there and just the way that they're playing basketball right now after what we just saw in Nashville they didn't even shoot the ball very well, and they won the tournament going away. And so, I mean, if they continue to play defense the way they're playing and they start having some hot shooting games in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, I think they're the best team in the country, and I think uh, I have them win a national championship.
1: How dangerous is Alabama if Mark Sears is able to find his, um, find his stroke again, find his rhythm again?
0: If Mark Sears finds his shot and JQ keeps playing the way he is and Miller the way he is, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's yeah. beating them. I,
1: I, again... We, re- we appreciate it. Blake
0: Byler, sports editor of
1: Crimson of The Crimson White. Man, I appreciate you. Uh, but what a way to end it. Again, you can find us work on SI.com as well as uh, as well as follow us podcast, which is the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast, which is home for Alabama basketball. The, real quick, what's what's gonna be the main topic of conversation in your uh, in your next episode?
0: Uh we'll be talking about SEC tournament this past week and just previewing uh first and second round.
1: Hey, if you ever need a special guest, hit me up. You already know I can talk and talk my stuff. But anyway, have fun in Birmingham. I appreciate you, man. You have a good You have a good time.
0: All right, Jalen. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to a TDSN bonus episode. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Blake Byler. We appreciate you coming on the show, man. Sorry I wasn't able to be there, um, but it was a joy to listen to. Hopefully everybody else enjoyed it as well. If you liked it, let us know. Tell us more about it. Uh, give us five stars. Comment on that fun stuff. Feed the algorithm gods. If you didn't like it, this never happened. You know the drill. But as always, if you did like it, tell everyone you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.